Hello! This is the Carl Experience, Season 3, Episode, Who Do I Give a Shit? Because I lost track of the numbers a long time ago. I don't give a damn. This is my older sister, Leslie. Wave hi. Good morning. Now, she's also recording with her phone for whatever purpose. I invited her to record this for herself so she would have a copy for herself. For her own oh, yeah. records. This will be my podcast. This will be season one, episode seven. Okay, there. So she'll be making her own podcast. We're literally our phones are right on, are right next to each other. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, we ch- we actually audio checked this right before we recorded. So I turned off our fan and uh, I turned off the fan. So if she can't be heard, it'll at least carry a little bit. And yes, because it's oh shit hot and humid, water. <laughs> Man, do I wish it was vodka. I could use it. I've been up since 6.30 a.m. I think I went to sleep around that time. <laughs> you also don't have young children at home. <laughs> no, not anymore. I do. <laughs> not anymore. Okay. Now, where we're going to start this podcast, this episode of uh, the podcast off for my end of it. Uh, for my podcast, The Carl Experience, is we're going to go back to my last podcast where I was talking about foster care and Ruth Covington and her son, or her grandson, I'm not sure which one it was, I think it was a grandson, she was like 50, 60 years old, and I saw you and her, you and her grandson doing things behind a little shed, and I don't know what was going on, you said you wanted to share your side of the story, so go ahead and throw it out. I mean... Well, um... I didn't think that anybody had actually seen that. Uh, that was actually, um... Ruth and, uh, Jeremiah Covington. They don't live too far from my youngest daughter's dad's girlfriend's house. Damn, that's a long chain, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Mother's Brothers Cousins Uncle's house, right? Yeah. Um, She had a uh, grandson. It was her grandson. And uh, I don't really know what his problem was or what her problem was, but for some odd reason, they, according to her, every time she talked to me by herself, she didn't particularly like the both of us but she really didn't like me. So it didn't matter what I said or how I said it, it was always I was lying. And I always tried telling her that her grandson and what I'm assuming is her son would always uh, uh, pretty much molest me. Okay, and without getting too much into the molestation, are we talking like touching your privates, or are we talking uh, yeah. making you touch their privates? Both. Okay, because um, I don't want to go into too much graphic detail. I mean, yeah, well, you go into as much detail as you want to. Yeah. I'm just here to acknowledge <laughs> the fact that somebody did see it, Yeah. you just never knew that I saw it. Yeah. And but, I was paying attention. Because, uh... uh that those, uh, her grandson made several attempts to uh, molest me, 
we never actually had intercourse, but he did make several attempts at intercourse. But I guess he must have been scared of his grandma because every time we would get started on something, he would hear some. He would hear a creaking in the house, and he would stop. Or outside. He gets spooked by something. Yeah, and uh, I'm assuming her son, big old huge biker dude, he'd come over, and the basement where we kept watching cartoons at. Whenever he'd come over. Is he the hippie looking dude with the long ponytail? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always just thought that was a guy who visited all the time. No, that was her son. Because he that, had like that Iggy cup, the, yeah. the white Iggy cup with a weird uh, bottom that was actually That was actually her grandson's dad. And he didn't have a stable living environment from what she had continuously talked about all the time. So. Do you remember how long we were even in that home? wasn't more than a few months, maybe two or three tops because she really didn't like us. She told me pretty much the first week that we were there that she actively told SRS that she wanted... Uh, us to be shipped out because she did not like either one of us. So and she, see, I don't. All I remember is a few ins. I remember what the ups, what the what the main floor looked like because mm -hmm. they had a big white house, a back porch, a front Georgian porch. Yeah. And I remember we lived up north. Her house was right behind that uh, elementary school. It's way the fuck up north. Beyond yeah. Thirteen. That's on. The, that's about two or three blocks away from where my daughter's. Yeah. And yeah, I remember her, I remember her whooping my ass once, but I remember literally his penis out, your mouth on it, apparently at one point he peed in your mouth. I don't, that's what... No. I'm just recalling, <laughs> I'm just telling you what I recall. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. All I know is his penis was in your mouth. Mm -hmm. How that happened, I don't know. What happened afterwards, I don't know. I, that was my time to get the fuck out, uh, to uh, move the fuck yeah, on. I've much, only got a handful of memories yeah, of that place. Pretty much uh, the biggest, well, the biggest parts about living with Ruth Covington was pretty much being molested by her grandson, which was older, and her son, which came over every once in a while, and uh, her, her son would come downstairs and be sitting there watching cartoons and stuff, and a big old huge uh, recliner in front of the uh, TV. He would pick me up, he would sit back down, he would sit me back down on him, and then he would do all sorts of stuff. Uncomfortable things from your perspective yeah. as a child. Yeah. Okay. And uh, from my memory, the elementary school that we lived across the street from, you went there. Yeah. And then. Her grandson, I can never, never remember her name. I just remember, uh, uh, no, I can never remember her grandson's name, just her name and her dude's I, name. I could have swore it began with a J. Like Jerome, George, something J. But, uh, or uh G, something. her grandson went to the uh, school that my daughter's dad and them live across the street from now. And then I got bused to another school. I don't know why they would bust you to another school. We were both I, living in the same damn house. I don't know. I think it... That doesn't it, make any sense, does it? No. This was the 80s, people. This was the 80s. It they was. did shit for no goddamn reason. They yeah. see bruises on you. Oh, you fell down the stairs. You must have had an accident with the four other kids up the stairs laughing at you because yeah. you just fell down them. And the school that I went to at that time, 
was over there by Douglas and uh, Hillside before it got shut, closed down and then tore down. There's a big old huge tall ass building there now. Okay, so now I'm going to go somewhere else with this because okay. I kind of need to. <laughs> Well, I, I want to get some context from your perspective. Now, we went into foster care. We were at the children's home. I don't remember if I was at Grandma's first or the children's home first. Grandma's. Yeah, was, yeah we're talking were, 30 years ago, 30, yeah. 35 years ago. So. Yeah, you and Mike were both uh, transported to uh, Grandma's house. Okay, and then I we get to the children's home, and I remember very vividly going in uh, they had Chris and Mike go to some other area. Baby area. You and me were walked to the main area, and we went back to the toy section. And this room is nothing but white and shelves. Nothing but white and shelves. There were three fucking toys for 30 fucking kids. We come in. Our toys alone filled up the goddamn every shelf was jam-packed because of our toys. We collected toys. That's what we did. Our parents just, okay, you want to go, uh, my dad, uh, our dad worked so often, it was like, instead of spending, instead of spending time with us when we were old enough to remember it, it was, he was at work, so we'd come home and buy, to bring toys, and that was what you had for dad's time. Mm -hmm. Quite a bit of the time, at least from my recollection. Well, I don't recall dad working, but okay. No, this is before we went into foster care. He was working at McKay's machine shop. Oh, yeah, time. yeah. That. He was working so often, he, it's, I'm working, have your mom go buy you something. And mom would go out, all of our relatives are buying us toys to make up for dad not being there, apparently. But we filled up that entire goddamn room, and when I left, the day I left, I went and checked, we were allowed to take three fucking toys. I am uh, not joking. Uh, well, when... My recollection, I recall when Grandpa and his wife dropped us off at the children's home, me and Crystal, mm -hmm. uh, he had a big old huge bag of uh, a few big old huge bags full of toys and clothes, and uh, I think I got that, we must have got there sometime in the morning because when we got there it was breakfast time. So we got shown where we were, where our stuff was going to be at. And I was told by one of the people, one of the ladies there, I think it was a lady that was there, that uh, that all of our stuff would be stored in this area until they found a place to put us. And she told, she looked at me honestly, and she told me that uh, more than likely the babies will leave first before we do because most people like to have the babies as foster kids. Yeah. Well, I also did. Yeah. I also did a segment on my last podcast descri uh, describing the germs only from 1999 to 2019. <laughs> so, and, and the statistics don't really fail, going back even farther than when we were kids. The younger you are, the more likely you are to be yeah. adopted or find a placement. Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, we got we get there. I get shown where our, where our stuff is going to be at, and then I get shown where I'm going to sleep at, and then. After that, we get shown, we get uh, hauled out to the general breakfast area, and there's a few times we had like uh, free nights or something like that. I don't remember what they're called, but we were able to be in a room probably about the, 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 the size same of this size, one, yeah. and there was like 
seats on the walls for kids and stuff, and the person that was in charge of the kids would play some music and stuff, and we'd sit there and we'd dance to it or sing to it or play around with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't recall. I, I just recall it being more of a free time in the in the in yeah. the, uh, in the uh, community room, I yeah. guess you'd call it. Yeah, that's, that's I was yeah. I was stupid and young enough to do a Michael Jackson dance. Yeah, because that, that, that's also where... <laughs> it did not look good. It was 1987. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Yeah, that was also where, that was also where uh, I had first heard things like from uh, Madonna and Cyndi Lauper and things like that. So that was where I first heard that stuff. Because beforehand, I was in Kentucky, and Grandpa's wife's... Uh, uh, one of Grandpa's wife's grandkids... Uh, introduced me to uh, rock, but that well, was we were listening movie. to rock and country, and <laughs> between, between our grandparents, all both sets, and then mom and dad, we grew up on everything. <laughs> like we, I remember us being on a pizza, the Pizza Hut down on what is it, South Seneca, and over by Pawnee, back when they saw the strip mall there and had a full-blown Pizza Hut shop there, complete with a little Pac-Man video game. Uh, thing going on. Yeah. They were playing some, I want to say Madonna, uh, I thought her uh, Like a Virgin or Like a Prayer. The first one that I actually got And into, that was in the pizza, uh, that was in that pizza before we were ever in foster care. Oh, so. well the first one, the first Madonna song I ever remember when we came back from foster care was uh, Material Girl because I was trying to do the whole Madonna thing, wearing a red, wearing a red uh, jacket. Mom let me wear a red hat, and then uh, I also was trying to look cool. I put on a pair of sunglasses, walking around singing. It. Yes, but this is back when uh, sunglass songs were yeah. common. I'm so cool, I got to wear shades. Hello, yeah. it was the number one hit. Yeah, we're old people. We're in our forties, but yeah. Um, so I go to grandma's and then I get shipped off to I was living in a foster home that was three blocks away from mom and dad's over from 840 mm -hmm. I can actually show you the exact location where I was I was literally I could have if I if as an adult I could literally throw a rock as hard as I could a really small one and hit the house that mom and dad were living in I didn't know where the hell I was, though, because we were all in that one little nuclear block. So after the after uh, the Wichita Children's Home, which was, well, it was my first exposure to boobies. But, uh, yeah, one of the girls there was really stacked. But I digress. I was doing the Michael Jackson dance, and then when I moved on to a house, I was only allowed three toys out of all, and all the toys in the toy area were pretty much brought there by us. All but three damn toys in that damn room were ours, and we were forced to leave without them. At least, I know I was. I was allowed to carry three toys away, so I got my big-ass teddy bear. I don't remember what we were able to take with us. All I remember was that we were in there for a little bit, mm -hmm. and then I got told that Crystal and Michael had already been placed with another couple yeah and then uh i think it was about a week or a couple weeks later uh i got told that we were placed with another we were going to be placed with a uh, family and when we got placed that's when we got placed with uh ruth and jeremiah covington and 
I think they were my second placement. Because I think my first placement was over by mom and dad's house. Because I didn't know, I couldn't tell you which way was up for my asshole at the time. But I believe they were my second placement as the Covingtons. I don't remember the name of the first class I went to, but that's the one I was talking about in my last podcast where the boys would lick their hands and smack the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Well, after we left the Covingtons, um, I had went out to uh, Hayesville where I was with uh, Lena and Lloyd Floyd. And Are we talking of the Floyds that live next to Grandma and Grandpa? No. Okay. No, Remember their is, last name. This is in uh, Hayesville um, before it actually started becoming a lot better than what it looks now. Uh, it was pretty much by that great dam where they lived at. Yeah. You, uh, there's a side street that goes uh, to the great dam, and you drive along it, and there's like one or two little uh, streets that leads to uh, manufactured homes, and their home was pretty much second to last on the left side. Okay. So, um, and when I went there, I don't, I don't know if the foster mom liked me or not very much when I got there. But uh, she was already dealing with several other different kids, and I was pretty much there, pretty much from the time we left the Covingtons all the way up until the time we got taken home. Now, I was told by, and I, I'm recollecting, mm-hmm. but my recollection is, is I was, I got to visit you one fucking time out there, uh, in this fucking yard, the size of my, uh, the size of my courtyard. It was fucking gigantic. You had a fuck ton of kids there. And you were living in a, uh, apparently, the people you were staying with had a gigantic mobile home. Yes, they did. I think it was like off-white or some shit. or when you did come to visit, they were actually making it bigger. They were, it was, it was a single wide. Oh, I have no doubt. It was a single wide when I first got there and around midpoint when I was there. All I know is they didn't allow us to go anywhere past the living room. Yeah, they started making it a double wide. By the time I had left, they had successfully turned the single wide into a double wide. All I know is I went to visit you and we were only allowed to be in the living room and there was something else, I remember something else happening in the background that I wasn't aware of. And the visit was supposed to be for a few hours. And it got cut short because all of a sudden I'm being told it's time to go. No idea why. You look, you look like somebody shitting your Cheerios. She did. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but something amongst the, well, adult, the adults were talking and next thing you know... I get taken out yeah. and told me I have to go. Well, I have no idea why. Yeah, when I first got there, there was a couple of uh, foster sisters that I had. One of them had a major stick up her ass. I don't know why or what happened to her after she left our place, mm-hmm. but she had a pearl necklace, a fake pearl necklace from her grandma or whoever. And uh, she said she didn't mind if I play with it. And I'm sitting there swirling it around on my finger. Next thing I know, it broke. But she said it would never break. And then she got upset at me. I apologized for about at least a good month straight. And my foster mom, my foster mom, came back because uh, she was uh, getting loud and trying trying to get physical with me and stuff. And um, the foster mom came back to see what was going on. And she was t- she told her and everything. And the foster mom was like, "You're still on that." You need to get over that. And <laughs> within a few days, she was uh, shipped out. So we had quite a few things going on at that foster home. But uh, well, this this I don't think would have been 
with that. I think this was due to more some sort of scheduling conflict within the adults. Because uh, we were, I was told that we were going to be there for a good couple, of, two or three hours. We were there for like half an hour, not even that long. The adults had just started talking, and next thing you know, oh, it's time to go. Well, we just got here. Well, <laughs> I guess since I was the oldest, there was a lot of stuff I was told as it was happen. I guess as it was happening, or as she heard it through the grapevine, mm-hmm. because when I got there. It wasn't too long after I got there that I had been told that something happened with you in a foster home and that you were being put to another foster home. And she said, I asked her about specifics and she told me the only thing she can tell me is that the foster home you're going to is in Goddard. At that time, she... Okay, that would have been the... uh, fuck knows about what the hell Goddard was back then because I had no idea. Yeah, Goddard was the place I was at from... um, I don't remember exactly when I got there. I think it might have been after Ruth Covington's. I think I was in like one home between for like a day or two. I'm not real sure. It's kind of fuzzy on that yeah, one. And then, but I spent the bulk of the time, a bulk yeah. of my remaining time in Goddard with Mr. and Mrs. Pastor, Bible thumping. Yeah, you can't break the rules. Because when, when she told me that you had had an incident in a in a foster home that you went place with somebody else, she told me. She was like, well, it might be a better place because they're Christians. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Because I didn't know what the hell Christian was back then. We weren't grown up on that crap. No. It was, you judge the people by the quality of their character. Yeah. You don't pay attention to their goddamn religion. Because <laughs> we knew, we already knew Chris, we already knew people who went to church who were really, really bad. Stay the fuck away from them. <laughs> I think there was at one point we went to, we, dad, dad took, I know dad took me to a church at one point where in the end... I don't know what the fuck was going on, but we got back in the car, we got back home, he's talking, uh, dad's talking to mom, and I told mom and dad, I'm never going back ever again, ever, don't ever take yeah, me there. Yeah, well, mom and, dad's major, <laughs> mom and dad's major religion is um, Latter-day Saint. Yeah, Mormonism, yeah. Yeah. But so, this was a Christian was, church they took me yeah, to. Yeah, that, that was one of the reasons that I stayed away from being a Christian for the longest time because I wasn't into what that is known as like organized Christianity that's not and then for some odd reason before dad went into the home he kept every time I'd move he kept telling them where I lived and I would just evade them because I didn't want to talk to them but anyway. well see I don't have I don't have any of those problems <laughs> but back to the issue at hand yeah I uh, you were at that home in uh, Hayesville that for was what a, seems like an eternity. Yeah, that um, was Crystal long... was placed. I don't recall. She, I think she was placed with some elderly ass couple. Her and Mike were both in the same place until they had an accident, and then because it was just ruled an accident, I was told by the foster mom. Was that before the uh, after the Mike incident? I'm that was the was, accident. Okay, because I was thinking I, that was the big accident because I was told about it, and the I, first thing I did, I. I Literally, my foster parents are like, I, w- I apparently I went and buried my face in their laps or whatever, and fucking just bawled. Well, my I got home from school and my foster mom said she wanted to talk to me about something. She let me eat and drink. She was nice for the first time in a long time because she's never she was never nice. <laughs> she was <laughs> hello mean, foster care, right? She was, mean, she was a mean bitch and she knew it. Uh-huh. Um, there was a whole bunch of shit I can go into about that place. That would take up most of the time though. So, (laughs) 
but that one particular incident, I came that one particular time I came in and I sat. She had me sat down at the table, and I uh, I sat down. And she said, "Well, there's been an accident," and I'm like, "Okay, what's that got to do with me?" And she's like, "Your brother Michael drowned," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I had bumps all over me, and I'm like, "Is he okay?" And they're like. Well, they were able to revive him, but they don't know how he's going to be. And I said, what about my sister? Because she was placed in the same place from mm -hmm. what you told me. And she was like, well, she was okay, but we were told that nobody was paying attention to your brother when he was around the pool except for your sister. And so when he actually had the accident, your sister was the only one that went in there and tried to save him. And then when she finally got him out of the pool, the people that... Uh, that the adults that were there, the foster parents that were there finally noticed that there was something going on and they called the police and everything else. Yeah, see the foster home that they were put in, and this is my issue with some of the foster parents, is my younger brother and sister were put in a foster home of a couple of retirees. Not just wannabe Christians or whatever. These people were retirees. They owned a fucking two-seater spider. And they had two fucking young kids. Our siblings. Yeah. These fucking morons decided to try to teach... Oh, we need to teach them Spanish and all this other crap. They're retired. Their grandkids were grown up. Had the chance to meet them. They're mm -hmm. idiots too. But these people owned a spider. A spider vehicle. Just a little two-seater. Looks like a little Fiat. And put the uh, apparently they had to get a bigger, uh, a slightly bigger vehicle on their retirement savings, and bought a really fancy one because they wanted to fucking look rich. And they drove around in this small car, just big enough to fit their car seats in the back. And half the time they wouldn't even fucking pay attention to the kids. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck are you giving this to a couple of social climbing butt fuckers? Yeah. And then the only other time mm. that she sent me out the table was when it was time for us to go home. The first time she did it, she said, well, they're going to reintegrate you guys into the home, but they're going to go with the younger two and see how that works first. And if it works out, then they're going to, use, they're going to reintegrate you two. That's weird. Oldest. And I was like, okay. So a couple weeks went by, and she told me, she said, well, the reintegration with the youngest two first didn't work out, so they're going to try again in a couple weeks, and this time they're going to go with the start out with the oldest and then go down to the youngest. And so a couple weeks went by, and uh, she, uh, she uh, the, day, the night before I went back to the house, uh, she told me to start packing up my stuff. So I did, and uh, and next thing you know, next thing you know, uh, I was there for I think it was either one full night or half of the day before you showed up, and then Crystal and Michael came about. A few days to a week or so, maybe later or something like that, because they wanted to make sure that. Uh, All I know is I got dropped off with my uh, I got dropped off with my bike and a bag of clothes and the same big stuffed teddy bear I managed to carry all throughout. Yeah. And literally the next we dad bought a chain for it uh, for my bike and everything, and literally that night it got stolen. Yeah, but we also had our first good boxing match then too. <laughs> Had a lot of weird times. Yeah, but, but that was the first one. <laughs> now you were now you were talking about the abuse you suffered. Uh, I heard I've heard over the years you talk about the abuse you suffered at the place in Hayesville. 
Now, I, from my understanding of it, my perception of it, it was more than once, a lot more than once, and with various kids who were in and out. Like, they were there, you'd get molested or whatever the hell happened, and then they were gone. Well, there I wasn't so much molested as it was more um, verbal yeah. and, like, borderline physical abuse. Border, how is it borderline physical? Because it would just about get there, but then it wouldn't happen. So it was more of a psychological abuse. Yeah, more like a you thinking it's going to happen, but it doesn't happen. Okay. Now, looking back on your experience with the foster care system, which I fucking loathe, <laughs> you would not believe. I'm just going to check to see what... Here, I'm going to start my stuff over again. Okay. My viewers will see a slight pause in this video, just for a second. If I start it before, it, if I stop it and then restart it uh, before it hits 33, I get 33 more minutes of uninterrupted just fuckery. <laughs> so while yours is uninterrupted, mine had to be interrupted, but... Would you say that the foster care system back then was broken? Would you give it like a what rating would you give it? The foster care system itself, I would probably give. Uh, the, remember, this is the foster care system we grew up in, not the one that exists now. Like the one we grew up in, I would give. I would literally give it like a C or a D. I'd give it like a D or an F. Fair enough. At least, <laughs> at least it's an opinion. Now, based on your kids. What would you give the system on that one? Uh, well, the oldest I'd probably say about an A or a B because she was well taken care of and she was, even though she doesn't want to admit it a lot of times, she was spoiled beyond belief. Okay. But the other one, I would give that particular case a flat F because of how she I don't was think there's it. a rating I can give yeah. to, to your middle child, what she suffered through. There's not a grade low enough to fucking <laughs> no, cover that. There's not. It's like, okay, Satan worshippers where she was. Yeah. Satan worshippers are a fucking bottom of the barrel. She was below the barrel. Yeah. That's where that's how bad her experience was. And yes, when I that's why when I mention your middle child, whenever it's like, Oh, I had it no, you didn't know. Even my own daughter my oldest, who turned 18 today. Happy birthday, bud! I'm just embarrassing the shit out of her. My oldest has even talked with her, and when we both, when we were both like, yeah, you had a rough, then it was like, well, it couldn't get, no, it can get worse. Let's not, let's leave that in the dust. We already know somebody who's been through worse. Yeah. Let's leave that shit alone. You don't want that. Yeah. And believe it or not, even though, uh, it it did it happened mm -hmm. and when I found out that it had happened to her and I had realized that I had actually been paying attention to that particular um, thing in the news when it happened mm -hmm. when I found out that it was her I think I spent probably a good month or two before me and her actually started uh, uh, talking really tough on messenger I think I spent about a good two or three months worth 
crying about the stuff that had happened to her because I kept reading it over and over. Oh, again. when I read it, I wanted it. I cried and th I almost threw up. Like, yeah. you can ask my wife. I was reading it, and at the time when I read it, we were living in the other apartment that we moved from. I shit you not. My wife asked what was wrong because I turned fucking green. I have an iron stomach. I'm known for being able to handle everything. I almost had to run to the bathroom when I got to the end to throw up. It was that bad. And yes, I know she's probably watching this and wondering why am I talking. No, this isn't. This is to frame how bad it was. Without you, and it, it's horrible. From her aspect, I would give the system below flat fucking F. Yeah. F minus doesn't even cover that. Yeah. Now, as far as my oldest goes, I will say the system did a flat out shitty job. So I'd have to give it a D minus. Yes, that's you, but I'm giving it a D minus for you. You give it an F. I know you would. <laughs> She's probably like, yeah, I know. Dad just singled me out. Yeah. But when, when me and the girls are talking about it, I have a very hard time not crying about it because if I would have fought harder, maybe. Mm -hmm. There's times I run through my head, maybe if I would have fought harder, maybe that wouldn't have happened. But I fought as hard as I could by myself. Yeah, well, so, and that's... I had honestly thought that when she was, would be adopted, I didn't know where she was, and I had just found out six months before Anastasia turned 18 that Kansas was a closed adoption state, which means once they get adopted, their parents don't have to let you know shit, and that's exactly what happened. And so I kind of knew what happened with Anastasia as far as... Uh, adoption goes because I had gotten a letter in the mail saying mm -hmm. that her name had changed. So I kind of knew about her. I didn't know what the circumstances were. I just knew that her name had changed and that because of the fact of what her last name was, who possibly could have adopted her because that woman hates me. With the, I mean, she'd much rather, pit, she, she, if she'd seen me on fire, she wouldn't piss to put me out. That's how bad she hated me. There are some people in this world that I wouldn't do, uh, that I'd shut out so And yep. I'm pretty sure there's uh, quite four? a few people that don't like, that don't like me in that same manner, but anyway, uh, and then my, the other one, I didn't know nothing about her. As she was growing up, I wasn't told anything about her. I was well, pretty and much if you read guessing. The, if you read the, if you read the story which you sent me, about her, it paints you in a very shitty light. Yeah, it says that I neglected her and I abused her and stuff like that. And and I don't. I I've been I've already been asked a few times what exactly happened. I and and, and this is the honest truth. I don't know what happened. I know all the rumors. I heard all the rumors. Was I there? No. I can't give an accurate account of what happened with your middle child because yeah. I wasn't around. Well, it's been rumored and it says on paper <coughs> and even though some people go hog wild when it's written on paper and it's not true. It said on paper that I had left her by herself. And mm -hmm. I didn't. I have... I I have no idea. I'm not going to... I know. I'm saying... <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just letting that, you know. I'm, I hear you. Yeah. I just don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. I don't know what was true because I wasn't around. Yeah. Because... So I'm glad as, you're as far, letting me know what happened as, as far, far as that. As, as far as when it came to the girls back then, I've always been the type of mother that whenever I see people leaving their kids by themselves, no matter how long it's for, I have an attitude problem about it. Whether it's in the car, in the store, it doesn't matter where it's at, in the house by themselves, unless they're old enough to take care of themselves, 
but for the general part between like firstborn all the way up to a certain age, I have an attitude whenever I see parents leaving their kids by themselves. And so because of the affect done to you. Because of the fact that, I mean, they can't take care of themselves. I mean, if you're gone for any length of time and you forget to turn something off, next thing you know the house is on fire and you come back and something's wrong and it's because of the fact you your kid died. Or you whatever. have responsibility. You have culpability exactly. for it. There should never be a time where your kid is left by themselves. And even though the paperwork says that, I know how I am. And I know that I would never I'm leave. Not. Yeah, I know. That's I know. I'm reiterating. I, I'm not saying yeah. you did anything wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. So <laughs> I just, I yeah. just know that because of how I am. Oh, I know. You're getting all. Oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I get it. I, oh, well, I'm not trying to get like all that. I'm no, just I know. Trying to I know. Make I'm sure. just explaining to you what your reaction yeah. is like. It's like all of a sudden you go into this. I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want people. Other people do it. <laughs> okay, I get the fa I get your side of it. Yeah. I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just getting your side of the story. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. With your oldest, the night that everything went down on that, I was there for it. I've given my account to the police way long time ago. Mm -hmm. And just like when you asked me to not share that, you know, my only problem was I'd been holding on to that for so long. I needed I needed catharsis. Mm -hmm. I needed to get it the fuck off my chest. And yes, I have told the same story, word for carbon copy, word for word, two year oldest, the the exact same story I I typed out on Facebook yeah. to every little detail. Yeah. And when people were like, "Well, do you has your has your story altered?" The words used might alter a little bit, but the entire story is pretty much word for fucking word, the same as it's always been. Yeah, cause, well, I told them, I told my oldest that I could remember that night like it was yesterday because it was just that bad. And I mean... I wasn't there for the hospital part. I was just there for... I was stuck in a house for three hours, not know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Next thing you know, the cops are coming in. It's like, oh, what the... Well, okay, come in. Well, that, I'm higher than shit, yeah. but... Well, that day, that, day, <laughs> that day I had went to work, and I had came home, and before I got home, I had asked him what was wrong with my oldest because she was screaming. Mm -hmm. i got to check my battery here real quick. And Amy, my wife may end up calling <laughs> for me to come pick her up, and you have to sit outside for a minute. Okay. She works like two blocks away, so... Um, Sorry about that. Uh, well, uh, I had asked her why she was screaming because the kind of screaming that she was doing on the phone she never did before. Okay, and, and who are we talking about uh, now? Tony, Anastasia's oh. dad. And uh, when I had got home, uh, she was still crying. I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was a blood curdling cry and I'm like, he must just not have fed her and done nothing with her all day. He must have just left her in the crib. That's what I thought. And I got home, and I changed her, and then... He wasn't there when you got home, that I know of. Yeah, he was He was, He was. was there. He was sitting in the front room watching TV or some shit. But he was there because we got into an argument as, almost as soon as I walked into the door. That's what he was good for, was arguing. And lots of other bad stuff, but anyway. <laughs> um, Obviously! <laughs> um... I got in the house, we started arguing. I, all I know is it was on a Monday night. I took care of, 
I went into the living room to pick up Anastasia. I put her on my lap. At the time, it was kind of dark because I hadn't quite turned the light on yet. There was still a little bit of daylight left. So I put her on my lap and I changed her diaper. And at that time, I hadn't noticed anything. So I thought maybe, you know, after I got through changing her diaper and I feed her, mm -hmm. she might quiet down a little bit. I got out her big old huge ass playpen mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I put the, the, the bumper guard in there and put her in it. She's still screaming. I'm going through the house, picking up, you know, cleaning up stuff because he didn't do anything. And I'm sitting there, like, trying to get something out for dinner. And she's still screaming to the top of her lungs. And I had just got through taking care of everything that normally needs to be taken care of. I put her in her bed, and she's still screaming. And I couldn't figure out what the, the heck it was. So I found a point to stop. And I went in, I got a diaper and wipes and all the rest of that. I went into the bedroom and I got her. And I laid her down on my lap and I started the changing process. And I noticed that something was kind of weird. I mean, her leg was laying, her leg was laying there and I was like, okay, what's the problem here? And so I remember the doctors telling, you know, doing some kind of test with her to check out her limbs. Mm -hmm. So I checked out her right, uh, I checked out her limbs and all of them moved except for that one. And I, and I looked at I looked up at him and I asked him, I said, well, what the hell happened today? He looked over at me and he said, don't have a clue. And I'm like, you've been here all day long and you don't know what the hell happened to your own daughter? And he said no. And I'm like, okay. That was one of the phones. And, uh, I don't know. And, uh, next thing I know, uh, He's sitting there acting like he hadn't done nothing with her all day, and I'm like, so instead of guessing, I just dressed her the best I could that night and took her down to mom and dad's. I didn't have a car seat, so I kind of carried her the best I could, and it was kind of chilly out, so I had her in a blanket. When I got over to dad's house, he had her on his chest, and he moved everything, her arms and her legs. And he knows the same thing I did. And he's like, well, it could be a misplaced hit because your grandma, your mom has the same issue. And I'm like, okay. But he said, you might want to call up the emergency room. So I called up the emergency room and they said, well, we'll have to look at it. And so when mom got back, that's when uh, dad had called you when mom was on her way back home. I had called the house. And I uh, have to remember that back then we didn't have cell phones. It was landline. So, you know. So while you guys was heading down here... Uh, heading down to mom and dad's place uh mom was on her way back and then i think you guys got there either just before or just after mom showed up because it was only like a block away and so as soon as everybody got there me mom tony and anastasia had went to the emergency room and i had had a baby wear so before about two days two days before she had went to the uh emergency room i had waited her and she was at the way she was supposed to be well, by the time we got her to the emergency room that night somehow she had dropped uh about another about a good pound or two mm -hmm. and the doctors told me that that's not normal for a baby that's growing okay. like that you have to stop here we okay. have to stop recording <laughs> okay Sorry about the interruption. We had to, I had to take care of some stuff. So, yeah. Okay, we were talking about the night uh, that all the shit happened with your oldest. Yeah, and when we got to the uh, emergency room and they had weighed her, she weighed a couple pounds less than what she was supposed to. And 
I had consistently told everybody that we bumped into what happened that night, and everybody, you know, the nurses and stuff. I had mm -hmm. one nurse, after I explained three times what I had done with her that day, and how I took care of her on a regular basis when I was home, I the nurse looked at me looked at me sternly and uh, Tony was hanging off my nutsack that night, sitting there <laughs> agreeing with everything I was saying because he couldn't he couldn't come up with anything different and everybody asked him what he was doing and he couldn't explain nothing. He was busy smoking, uh, fucking doing drugs and something yeah. else. And mom couldn't say anything because she just got off work and she was just about. She was trying to figure out what the hell was going on just about the same way I was, but I was the one being asked all the questions and dumb shit wouldn't say nothing besides agree with me. And so she gave me a stern look and she looked at me exiting and she said, Ma'am, I don't mean I don't mean to be mean or nothing, but that's not how this that's not how this is looking out to be. She said, This this is looking out to be a case of one of you uh, one of you ended up uh, uh, abusing her. Yeah. And I didn't know, when I heard the word abuse, I had shivers all down my back because I'm trying to figure out what the hell they're talking about. Because I'm like, well, my dad had told me that it could be a misplaced hip. So I'm going off the possibility that it could be because my, and that's You're going off of something, uh, something you can deal with that's in front of you. Yeah, and that's when mom chimed in and told the nurse, she was like, yeah, I have a bad habit of where sometimes my hips can fall out of place. I have to lay down and throw them back in place or else I can't walk. And so I'm sitting there telling the nurse, I'm like, that's exactly what I'm thinking is going on here. It just could be a misplaced tip. And the nurse said, I highly doubt it, but we're going to have to look at it. Mm -hmm. And we had a police escort mm -hmm. escort us from the back part of the the back part of the emergency room, which back then used to be by what is now considered the birth care center, mm -hmm. all the way up to the front part, which is now considered the emergency room. And they did they did X-rays, and when the X-rays came back. That's when we found out that it wasn't a misplaced tip. It was actually her leg was broke. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, it was the second break. Yeah, because the first break... The first break, there was a break that happened before that that we were unaware of. The first break was actually because her foot, when she was... When I... When she was born, she was born with a dorsiflex. I don't remember the full name of it, but it was a dorsiflex. I told you there was butter spilled. I don't know how it got spilled. More than likely monkey, if she was looking for food. Either way, that well, I have to go. I have all clean that up tonight, all right? I was gonna say yeah, because anyway. And um, the first break, the dorsiflex is pretty much where her foot was uh, when she came out. Her foot was it. Her foot was born to the side, and it was able to touch the side of her leg right here. I had to take, as soon as she was born, I had to take the first few weeks of her life and massage her ankle to where her foot would get back to normal, the way it normally supposed to be. And so, I didn't know until way after the girls were taken from me that that's what they were talking about. But that's what had happened. And I tried explaining that to them and because they said that their, their first break was down here by the ankles. And they didn't know how that could happen, but they said that the first break was around the first few weeks of life. And, I'm, and after everything had happened, and they had actually explained it in, on plain pieces of paper and stuff, 
I read what they were talking about, and I read the, uh, the medical stuff, and I'm like, uh -huh. that's exactly what happened. And they were trying to make it seem as though somebody broke her leg twice. But the first, but the first break was the first one was Even just two or three years after when I ran into a worker who knew about the cases. Yeah, they said that they, that uh, when I when I tried to uh, suggest any other kind of medical anomaly, no, they they told me the worker told me that the X-ray showed that it was a clean break, like somebody intentionally went out and broke her yeah. leg. Well, the first, <laughs> yeah, the first one. <coughs> The first one was a possible medical issue. The second one, that was just plain simple out somebody broke her leg. Yeah, I know. Tony tried to send my ass to prison over the Yeah. They asked me that night when we seen the um, the the x-rays, me and mom immediately got upset. Mom damn near all tried, I, I, damn near, I had to hold mom's hands, I think. For mom not to leap over the table and whoop the shit out of Tony. Oh, I have no doubt. Mom, back then, you didn't get. If mom started fucking moving back then, you were either on her or you just let her go. You had to be on her ass. Otherwise, as soon as she started moving, she was like juggernaut. She starts moving, your ass gets plowed out of the way. Yeah, and the funny part is, is from the time that we found out that she was, what was going on with her up until he decided to leave. And she went into foster care. Mm -hmm. Everybody's story, I was I was continuously told that everybody's story was lining up. And the only person's story that they could make a necklace out of because it had so many damn uh, holes in it was his. Because he didn't have an, uh, uh, an alibi. He was yeah. just making crap up. And to this day, even according to my oldest, her dad still denies the fact that he did anything to her. And I told her, I said, well... The sad part about it, what sad part about it is, from what I've been told by her, is that he uses the same the the things that we've been telling everybody that we know to be fact. He's been using him and his family's been using them as their story, according to according to what he told uh, my oldest. He was the one that worked at Motel Six. He was the one that had your job. He was the one that. My was, job. What job? Was, what job was he supposed to have had that was mine? Angelo's. Angelo's. He worked at Angelo's for three weeks and got fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, his story is, is his story seems to involve all the right stuff that we did back then. I was working at Angelo's eighty hours a week. Yeah. I was, I work, I was going to school forty hours a week. No, I didn't have a lot of time. I was a busy working motherfucker. But um, we all know, everybody in the family, or even his mom, when she ran into me after a uh, uh, fucking dipshit skipped town, even she's like, I know it wasn't you. I'm sorry he did that. You saying sorry is nice. Him saying sorry is deadly. <laughs> and yes, if I get caught, if I if I'm if I'm alone in a dark place with him, only one of us is going to leave that dark place, and I guarantee you it's going to be me. But um, there is no way he he worked at Angelo's very briefly. He was fired for, and I'm not kidding. Tony was fired for being filthy, stinking, and getting into the product. He was literally caught. In the, uh, in, we had a, uh, a refrigerator cooler. He was in one of those, and he said he was starving, 
He was eating handfuls of spaghetti, raw spaghetti. Like this shit had just been cooked and oiled up so that it would, you know, turn out. He was eating handfuls of that crap. And he stung, like, physically. Stung. You imagine an episode of Horrors and imagine that stink. Make it three times worse. He he had an, a physical odor about him. And he was a busboy for, what, a week? Then they had to move him to the back because they couldn't have him around customers. He was a busboy who stank and apparently was making sexual innuendo with the customers. You stink, you look nasty, you look greasy, and then you're flirting with the females who clearly don't want anything to do with you. They moved him to the back where he was more or less a janitor or some stupid shit. He washed dishes with me for like three days and they kicked him out of the dish room, put him in the prep area. They were f trying to find some place he could be. Finally, they just, I think the last like three days he worked there, or so he was literally just came into mop floors and do cleaning. He, yeah. you know, if they want needed the windows cleaned, he did that. He didn't do any uh, anything of monumental value. But <laughs> when the fuck did he ever work for a motel? He didn't. Like who does that shit? Well, I worked at I worked at Angelo's and Motel Six and did all this other. No, you didn't. I worked at Angelo's. I know because I I worked there. I worked there three damn times. And that's how I learned to do Italian yeah. cuisine. Yeah, he, he also, when Crystal babysat, I think it was either Crystal or Michael that babysat on the stage until school started. And then I think Dad babysat her for a little bit. According to what I have been told, he says that now. He says that he was the one that was babysitting her. And it wasn't one of the two younger ones or Dad. Yeah, I, the only day I had to even do anything with her is Monday. Because that's the only day I had off. Yeah. That's how I know it happened on a Monday. That's the day I had off. And then all of a sudden, we got like nine fucking cops swooping in. Who's better business? That's mine. Yeah. Asking me all sorts of what you had. I think one of the cops actually took me outside for a minute to question me away from everybody else. The things this cop asked, I, I I don't blame the cop. I don't not blame the cop. I after watching SVU, I get why the cops asked it. Mm -hmm. They asked me some questions that I literally I have got nine stomach. I almost threw up with them asking me. Hmm. You know, did I do this? Did I do that? This shit's making me throw up because I don't have it in me to do this shit to kids. I cannot psych. I would psychologically fucking break down, slip my own wrists, and fucking make the cops shoot me in the forehead before I did this crap they're asking me about, you know? And the funny part about it was, is before all that stuff went down, I had been trying to save up money to get me and Anastasia out of that situation. And but well, the I sad part is you were living there free. Yeah. We were, put, we were living there free. Living in a what was what, considered, two bedroom it was downstairs just, home? It was considered an abandoned house. The landlord lived upstairs and we lived downstairs. And the only reason we got to live there after Dad told us, told me and Tony to get out of his place was because Tony told the landlord he was going to help them bring the place up to code. Guess what never happened? First Tony week, doesn't know any code. First week, first, week got, <laughs> first week we got in there, the landlord came knocking on the door asking Tony to help him with the plumbing underneath the house and guess who did not answer? 
So he's a lot like Dad, actually, then? Yeah. Because Dad does the same thing. Well, I, I own this place. I'm God. Then the landlord knocks. Don't answer it. Yeah. No, don't, don't go do anything. Yeah. The second the landlord leaves, I need to talk to him. I'm going to give it. Motherfucker, you had a chance. You stayed in the goddamn room, hidden away, making sure he didn't know you were there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much he's got, he's got what, uh, what's your face on two and a half men would call uh, phone cojones. <laughs> yeah, phony cojones. <laughs> and I lived there, and I, I lived there briefly, and I paid my, literally my portion of the bills. You took the bills, divvied them up, and I always paid my share. Every every month, every time bills came up, you you. Uh, what was funny is I should have caught on with this back then, back when I was eighteen, young, stupid, and had a huge boner, and drinking, had no idea. TMI. I know. That, my podcast is crude. Come on. <laughs> I know. Your podcast is gonna be really interesting this time, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, see, that's why I turned my notifications off, so can't hear anything. But um, at one point, I pointed out to you that I just paid Tony. Mm -hmm. And Tony, because you guys were, you guys made fucking arguing a goddamn Olympic sport. And we're not talking, bro we're talking gold medal level arguing. Where you guys argued for no goddamn reason at all. He's, he's shouting at you that I didn't fucking give him any money when I gave it to him three days ago. And then you're asking me for the all uh, uh, for the money I get uh, for the money that I already gave him. Looking back on it now, we should have slapped ourselves and just kicked him in the balls and then threw him out and locked him out. Hmm. You know, took the keys to the fucking uh, sh uh, to the Chevy Nova and just threw him out because he wasn't he was a good for nothing piece of shit who just did drugs. Yeah. He used to come home. Where's Liz? Dude, she's at work. Where the fuck do you think she is? She's supposed to... Dude, you're supposed to have been home like five hours ago. Mm-hmm. Where's the bait? I don't fucking know. Does it, it's not Monday. <laughs> Monday is the only day I'm responsible for even coming close to watching the kid. That's the only day I had off. And if I chose to do something on the day off, I told you guys about it before. That way I could have my day off and fuck off and go flirt with whoever the hell I wanted yeah. to. Which, most of the time... That's what I did. I left the house and stayed gone. Yeah. Of like what? Once, twice a month, I'd stay home to yeah. watch uh, your think, kid. I don't think either one of the, I don't think either. Magera. I don't think either one of the um, girls crossed the quite understand even nowadays since we've gotten back together and stuff as mother and daughters. Mm -hmm. I don't think they can grasp even though they've gotten like my part of it and I've cried a lot uh, I don't think either one of them understand exactly how tough it was for me and how many days in between when uh, they got taken and when we bumped back into each other how many days I uh Pride. Your kids aren't going to know until they go through any, until they go some, through some similar stuff. And I told Butt that, and but, I told Butt when Butt's like, but you did this when I was, yeah, and that's the best choice I had at the time. There is a, there is a, a complex there, 
but do uh, do uh, did I feel bad at the time? It was the best thing to do for my daughter at the time when like I signed my rights away to her grandmother. That was the best thing I could do for her at the time because I was busy working 11 and 12 hour shifts and it took me an hour and a half one way to get to work. I only had four hours a day after everything was said and done to spend with her. I couldn't take care of a kid on four hours. I'd literally spend most of my time working for babysitters off. So I, I, I get that you want that. I, I know that you want them to understand what you've been through. But let's remember from our perspective, we don't want them to ever be there. Right? We want them to succeed where we fail. Mm-hmm. Like right now, my youngest, when she's here... And she goes through pain. It's like, no, you, you're not. You think it hurts now. Yeah. It only gets worse when you get older. But yeah, when when I tell people that, when I tell people that are like, uh, they're all uh, upset about uh, losing their kids and everything. It's like, okay, I don't know what it's like to lose my kids necessarily. I know what it's like to, to sign the paper. I do know what that's. Like. Weeks, if not months, spent going over in your head. Literally, you are a mom. Mom was giving me. Mom was trying to be of some sort of comfort. That didn't work. Yeah. Um, usually, mom's word brings some sort of solace. Since mom and dad never went through it, they didn't know. Just like when I had uh, when I had that miscarriage with Amanda. And. Unless I'm mistaken, up till that point, you and I are the only ones who've been through miscarriages. So everybody else is like, oh, we feel, no, stay the fuck away. You don't know what it's like. And we honestly, I think during that time in our lives, we were honestly staying as far the fuck away from each other as we can get because they're like, no, I'm in more pain. That whole bullshit of who's in more pain pissing up the chin. No, the only miscarriage I had was when um, uh, Nicole was uh, pregnant. I think she was pregnant with uh, either Drina or... Uh, she was pregnant with Brianna because you, you hadn't gotten... Uh, you were, you just, you'd had a miscarriage and it was right before you got pregnant with Tatton. Yeah. Because Brianna was still cooking in the oven. Because uh, I had remember getting pissed off because I had had a miscarriage and I'm sick. And I went over to Mom's house the same, the same day that I had actually had the miscarriage and... Uh, Neither you nor Nicole were there, but I was pissed, and I talked to Mom about it, and I said, you know the one thing that pisses me off more than anything? And she was like, what? And I'm like, uh, I, uh, I take care of myself. I take vitamins every day and all the rest of this stuff. And this woman over here, she doesn't take care of herself to save her own damn life. Mm-hmm. And I said, she's carrying a kid... And I end up miscarrying. And mom was like, well, there's always a reason for everything. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not a reason you were just, for everything. You were, you were just really pissy. I get that. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Um, Aaron went through uh, about a depression that I don't think he ever, I don't know if he ever told you how bad his depression after that miscarriage? I honestly don't know. All I know is that after the miscarriage, he wasn't trying to have any more kids. And I ended up... I ended up... Um, 
being misleading, let's just put it that way. He thought we weren't, he thought we weren't, we were using protection, he thought I had put on the protection, but I didn't, so uh, we ended up, I ended up being pregnant again, and uh, when he found out that I was pregnant again, he told me that he didn't want it, and I said, well, I'm having it. Oh, he was in, he was in a darker place than a lot of people get to, mm-hmm. because he's, he's how much older than you? He was born in 74. Yeah, so he's quite a bit. He's quite a bit older than you, and at the time, we're at that point. We're in our mid twenties. He's in his late. He's in his mid to late twenties. So he's looking at well. He probably shouldn't try to have any more kids. But he went to a really dark place. He was talking to me and a few other people, and he was contemplating some very dark shit. Like he, like uh, how he got pissed off with me because I uh, when I stayed with you guys briefly, being homeless, and went to start cleaning your house. I told he told me he told me some crap, and then I'm like, well, do you mind if I have some of this amaretto, the almond whiskey he had laying around? I went through I took I went through that in a week because, and it, this is gonna sound fucked up because he was gonna chug it all in one night. He was going to open that bitch and just power chug it and fucking hope to God it killed his liver. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have. It would have made him sick and put him in the hospital for a week. But. Well, and the organization that actually uh, did all that stuff with the foster care system back then with the girls was uh, Youthville and um, SRS. When, uh, when I came pregnant and had Tabby... Decca got involved because of the past that I had had, but I had been told by both of those ladies that they looked at my uh, account, and ever since my girls were taken, my account has always had uh, a note on it saying that Youthville knew that I was slow, and they took advantage of it. And because of the fact that I was slow, I was told directly by the uh, Decca workers with Tabitha, that because SRS knew that Youthful was picking on me because I was slow, that that's one of the thing. That's one of the uh, when uh, SRS had had some sort of uh, thing happen to it, and my case is one of several cases that uh, Youthful had gotten a big, a huge slap on the wrist for because SRS knew Youthful was picking on me, and SRS didn't do nothing about it. They let youthville pick on me because I was slow so I was told by the two ladies at DECA that when everybody heard on the news that SRS had gotten a big slap on the wrist those cases that were like mine which was very few uh, were some of, were one of the smaller reasons why SRS had gotten a huge slap on the wrist back then because they let SRS let youthville pick on certain individuals that were slow or handicapped or had something wrong with them, didn't do any drugs, didn't do nothing else, did everything that they could possibly do to try mm-hmm. to get their kids back, but because they had some sort of handicap or whatever, SRS let the SRS let you feel pick on those cases and mine happened to be one of those cases because it was written in letter big letters that I was handy that I was slow. I hadn't been proven handicapped yet like I am now, mm-hmm. but it had been suggested that I was slow. And because it had been suggested that I was slow, 
Heathfield took advantage of that and SRS let them do it. Well, Youthville and DECA were hand in hand. So, from what I was told by the ladies at DECA, they said that back then, uh, uh, DECA had just broken off from Youthville back then. They were no, they were hand in hand. When Youthville got that slap on the wrist, mm -hmm. DECA was actually told that they didn't shut down in two weeks and improve shit. They were going to be shut down permanently. They did some sort of weird thing, and the next thing you know, DECA's back up and running. Yeah. DECA didn't stop. They were literally an offshoot yeah, of Youthville. Yeah, because they, uh, Youthville... I have been told that uh, Youthville had ended up uh, going out of business and then uh, St. Francis picked up where Youthville left off. But Youthville... I don't know, Youthville doesn't... I don't even know if Youthville exists anymore. It does in Andover. I don't know if DECA exists... I don't think DECA exists anymore. I think they just shut it down. But now St. Francis is in control of uh, pretty much everything. And they're not half bad. They're not totally great, but they're not half bad. It depends on who your workers are and if your workers are actually dedicated or if they're just... But the only reason... A one, of, one of the reasons that I ended up trying to make one more kid is because I wanted to have that one chance to raise at least one kid from birth all the way up to 18. And I'm almost there. Well... In certain schools, I thought that's just to try, that's just you trying to make up for lost time. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying that's a school, one school of thought on it. Yeah, it's one school of thought, and I've had a lot of people say the same thing to me. And it's like, well, at one point in time, it probably was that, but uh, in a way, for me, it wasn't that. I wanted to have one kid that I was raising because when I had come up pregnant with Anastasia. I had honestly thought I had honestly thought that I was going to, even if it was a bitch, I was going to be raising kids with the same guy the whole way through until all the nightmares happened. And then I'm like, <laughs> Shit, that guy was uh, just a living nightmare. Yeah. And according to uh, what I understand, he still is. I've heard from literally all the kids. The only one who doesn't think him the devil incarnate is the oldest. Yeah, and she, Anastasia is, if I'm not mistaken, if he didn't lie, which he's very good for knowing, being known for, um, when I was graduating high school and we were living in that shed, uh, I had been told by him that he had had another kid up in Texas that was about eight years old at that time, and she didn't know him as her father, but he was her father because he said he got a DNA test or whatever, and I'm like... I'm sitting thinking, how are you telling me this and you keep telling me that you can't have kids? Yeah, that's the one thing I remember sticking out is he would tell everybody, I can't have kids. And now he's got more than six. Yeah. The only... That's not infertility. That's <laughs> lying your ass off to get laid. Yeah. And uh, I had found out after about six months of Anastasia being in the system, I had found out by a lady that me, an old, older lady that me and him had known that he had had another boy and that went, that the state took him from his, the state took the boy from Tony and his mom because when he went to the hospital, all of his legs were broken, all of his arms were broken, and he had had, uh, his uh, head was fractured or something like that. And I'm like, how in the hell do you fracture a kid's head like that when they they still have that soft spot there? And she's like, I don't know, but when 
uh, they came about and stuff like that. They, that's exactly what had happened. And that kid was, that kid had a, a whole bunch of uh, bumps and bruises when he got uh, shown up to the hospital. And I'm like, does this man just like love beating the hell out of kids or something? He wants to take every little bit of anger from his, from his childhood and for, uh, or what are, what he perceives as bad behavior and project it onto all of his kids because that's him giving payback. It's mm -hmm. like. I tried talking to him a few times back when I was, fucking decades ago when I was talking to him. Well, my dad used to do all sorts of it, and why, why would you do, are you going to be like that? No, I'm not going to do any of that crap. Then he does exactly the opposite. He does everything his dad did. Well, your kid's got to learn to be tough. Your dad was trying to kill you. Your dad hated you. Your dad probably never wanted you to be born. He yeah. probably wanted your sister that way. He could keep that way. He could breed with her. But he didn't want a son. He wanted a daughter that way. He could keep uh, probably have sex with her. Yeah. But according to everything I've heard from their side of the family, his dad didn't want him. His dad would rather have fucking cracked his neck and throw him in the river and wa washed him drown. He didn't want a son because a son would just be too much for him. Yeah. That's what I've learned over the years that his son, he, his dad, didn't want him. Yeah. His mother could have aborted him, and he, he would have been happy. And then wait till the daughter's born. Didn't raise her up. When she gets puberty, start screwing her too. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me none with that part of the family, but. But yeah, that guy was. He is a piece of work, and I've heard recently of how he is, and I'm like, yeah, I don't care. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, there. I think there's only, yeah, there's only been one time since she was a baby that I was actually put in the same room with her and, uh, not her, but him. And I don't know if it was just to see how things would end up playing out, but I think she might have wanted to know what would happen if we ended up being in the same room. And oh, you're talking about when your oldest got you and yeah, him together and in the same room? Yeah, and that was the very first time I think I ever actually had an anxiety attack from an outside source. Because I have anxiety attacks occasionally, nobody else knows about them, but I do. Um, and normally they're brought on by, you know, things going on in my own head and I have to sit there and talk myself out of them. But that was the first anxiety attack I'd actually had that was brought on by somebody else. And that's probably been imprinted in my brain for the rest of my life as to how that, how that ended up taking place because I was at home cleaning and I hadn't had an intention of going anywhere. Yeah. And she insisted on spending time and after the fact, um, uh, after the fact, after everything happened, I told her, I said, I, I got on to her pretty good that night about that issue. I said, I don't know if it was intentional or if it happened to be an accident. Oh, it was intentional. But I told her, I said, I never wanted, nor do I still want to be in the same room with that man ever, if I can help it. The only time I'm 
possibly going to be able to accept the fact that we're in the same room as if he ends up walking into my damn church, which I hope he never does. But if he does, I have to sit there. And I already told my first lady, I already told my first lady in my church because I'm the leader. I'm like, well, if my ex, my oldest daughter's dad comes in the door, mm-hmm. you might have a problem with me being a happy cheerful greeter because I'm either going to be screaming my head off running the other direction or I'm going to be trying to see how far underneath the ground I can bury. There's only going to be those two things. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, if he ever does come in the door and you see him, then you need to come let me know immediately so we can have somebody else take care of him. I'm like, good, because I don't want to. <laughs> I might be a Christian, but I'm not that The much. only way to really take care of that kind of douchebaggery is to put a bullet through his brain. That's the only real way to, to permanently take care of him. I wish. Put a bullet you. through his fucking brain, watch his brain splatter over somebody or something. Yeah. Maybe just clean up the mess and toss his ass in a burning pile of wood. Well, the only reason I don't go that far with it is because of the fact that Anastasia is half of him. And even though he sucks major green, big green donkey dick and he bears any other human being, she's still half of him. So, uh, so yeah, I no. have to kind of have a middle ground about it. I don't like the man... To save my life, I wouldn't. I wouldn't piss on. Well, him there's some him stuff out, we can talk about later about <laughs> your oldest and her issues, but for the moment, we're gonna go with that's okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the whole issue with uh, the middle child. Yeah. Now, I I after on after your oldest, I kind of did my own fucking thing. I was hanging around with, uh, we were hanging around in the same circles, but with not with the exact same people all the time. Mm-hmm. Me, I was hanging out with like Kim and Tanya and Danny and on occasion your, uh, you and her dad. John, yeah. Yeah. And you guys were still living in that same shithole house. I'm, I'd since moved back home so I could finish school. Yay! And, um... I was busy getting... At that point, since... After all all we'd been through... I was busy fucking hitting the steamroller with everybody else. Getting higher than shit. Because once you've been through this kind of shit... You just want to fucking take it easy. I got high for like two years afterwards. Yeah, well, I really couldn't get high. Yeah, right there. I'm just going to be home pretty soon. Okay, well, we'll be ending it here in a minute. We're going to wrap it up anyway. But, uh, yeah, back then, we'll have to delve on this more, obviously. We'll be delving into this more. Um, I think we're going to delve into the John situation, what happened with all that. Um, We probably should dip into um, what we know of the kids' the kids' past, or even even how bad the Tony situation really got. Yes, I know that's going to be one dark ass episode for you. Yeah. But I think it I think it's cathartic for you to be able to say your side of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because a lot of you, a lot of people don't really believe. 
a lot of the stuff I say about the way things happen and everything, and I'm like, well, I can't really give another definite, uh, another explanation about what happened because the same, the, uh, I've ran everything through my head throughout these whole entire years, and there's no other way I can describe it except for how I've been describing it. I'm trying to come up with the correct words for and and my. Uh... <laughs> Avions about that. Um, it is possible, and I'm not saying you're lying. Okay, let's get that out of the. Let's get that bitch beaten down out of the horse right away. I'm not saying you're lying, but I uh, might I suggest that certain things are not ex exactly as you remember them. Well, I'm not saying that you're lying at all. I'm just saying they may not have occurred in the same chronology as you remember them being. Well, the two things that I do remember like they happened yesterday it was the night that everything happened with Anastasia and um, the night that uh, Anastasia had me in the same room with Tony. Um, I get that. I, I, like I said, I'm merely suggesting that maybe your chronology is off. You remember it a certain way because of your perspective. Well, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just saying it might be, it, it, there is room for other detail. Well, I could probably go into more further detail about everything that happened, but when you briefly go over the, the things that happened that night in my head, the same scenario... Oh, I know. I, 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 you, have a, you have a videotape playing in your head when you think about that. I have one that has a different perspective in it from my head, uh, from my recollection. Like, I can literally remember what I was wearing, and God, I lost those hush puppies. It was a nice fucking shoes. Yes, I was wearing hush puppies back then. But, uh, yeah, I wore those. I was wearing those shoes on that night. So, yeah, um, we'll have to continue this. We'll have to continue this in another interview. I'm sure she's loving delving into all this painful shit. Not really. But I do think it's cathartic. I think you do need it. I think everybody else needs to hear your side of it in your own words instead of somebody else saying what you said. Yeah. Like, she said, she said, she said, you said. Yeah. Considering some people think that I'm a whole bunch of stuff right now, but... Probably oh well. so. Hell, I got called, uh, I got called about a week and a half ago asking if you're, uh, you're uh, from your oldest asking if she could stay here. We don't have room for two more adults here. Yeah, well, just recently, this last week, I've been called a sick fuck, so. Well, we're, judging from our family, I think everybody qualifies as that. Yeah. Based on our imaginations. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to end this episode, uh, at least of my podcast. I don't know if she's going to end her podcast. But I'm going to end this episode, uh, as far as this goes, we will continue this conversation at some later point. Uh, the next available day I have is maybe Thursday. Okay. That's the first day of school for Monkey. Yeah, same thing for Tabby. And, uh, yeah, so we can get together and do uh, another, uh, uh, a furtherance or continuance of this podcast, being its own episode into itself. But that's a, we're, we're going to figure that out while we're off air. You guys have a terrific time for my viewers. Yeah, this should be very interesting uh, with uh, everything. You guys need to like, subscribe, comment, 
If you guys need to get a hold of me personally, you guys already know how to do that. Considering I have three whole subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> I still love every one of my subscribers. You guys have an awesome time, and I'm signing out. This has been the Carl Experience. Have an awesome day. Oh, pfft.